Lesson number 92, Surah Al-A'raf. Allah says, وَإِلَى ثَمُودَ And to the people of Thamud. أَخَاهُمْ Their brother, Salihan, Salih a.s. Thamud were also an ancient people. And who were they? They were basically the descendants of those people who survived from the people of Ad. Which people survived from the people of Ad? Those who believed. So what happened? The few people who believed in Hud salam, they survived, they lived on from their descendants. Who came? The people of Thamud. There was an, a man by the name of Thamud and his children were known as Thamud. And they are also known as the second Ad. They're also known as the second Ad. Why? Because they were from their descendants. And they lived in an area that is known as Al-Hijr. Al-Hijr is a tract between Hijaz, Hijaz is Western Arabia, and Asham, Syria. So you're talking about a place that is somewhere between Arabia and Syria. And when you go to Tabuk from Medina, when you go to Tabuk from Medina, then this place, you pass it. The Prophet ﷺ, when he went to Tabuk, he passed by the ruins of these people. The ruins of the people of Thamud. So the people of Thamud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to them, أَخَاهُمْ their brother, صَالِحًا صَالِحْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ قَالَ He said, يَا قَوْمِ O my people, أُعْبُدُ اللَّهَ Worship Allah. Why? Because مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَهٍ غَيْرُ You don't have any God besides Him. What does this show to us? That all the messengers of Allah, what did they convey? What did they convey? The exact same message. And what was that? Worship Allah. From the first messenger to the last messenger. Muhammad ﷺ also, what did he say to the people? Ya ayyuhan nas, qulu la ilaha illallah, tuflihu. Say la ilaha illallah, you'll be successful. So, in the Quran, Surah An-Nahl, Ayah 36, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولَ أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاجْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُودِ That to every nation we sent a messenger, and that messenger, what did he say? That, oh my people, worship Allah and avoid all false gods. Don't worship false gods. Worship who? The real, true God. And who is He? Only Allah. So He said, oh my people, worship Allah. قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ Certainly it has come to you. Bayinatun, A clear proof. مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ From your Lord. Bayina, Bayanun. What does it mean? What does Mubin mean? One that is clear. So bayina is a clear evidence, a clarifying proof. A clarifying proof, a clear evidence, something that is clear in itself. And it clarifies the truth. So a clarifying evidence has come to you from your Lord. What is he referring to? Meaning, clear proofs of my truthfulness. You have seen the evidences that show that I am not a liar you know that what I'm telling you is the truth indeed. قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ بَيِّنَةٌ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ And the message that I've brought to you, that is also a bayina. It's clear in itself, it clarifies the truth to you. And on the day of judgment, you won't have any argument that, oh Allah, we didn't know. No, now the message has come to you. And he said, هَذِهِ دِسْ نَاقَةُ اللَّهِ She camel of Allah. لَكُمْ for you ayah a sign. A miracle. Here is the she camel from Allah, a miracle for you. Because 
The people of Salih السلام, they said that if you're really a messenger, okay, we'll believe you, but we need a proof that you are actually a messenger. And the proof is not what you say, the proof is something else. It has to be what we demand. So what we demand from you, you have to show it. If you show it, then we know that Allah is on your side, and that you know, you're honest, and then we'll listen to you. So what was the miracle that they demanded? They said, we would like to see a big huge she-camel that is pregnant, and that she-camel should just walk out of these rocks. Okay? It should just emerge from these rocks. That's what we want. So Salih salam, he made dua to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the she-camel. This was something that the people weren't expecting. It's like when the mushrikeen of Makkah, they demanded from the Prophet wasallam, show us a miracle. Move this finger, the moon split into two. And they were like shocked. And then they said, oh, this is magic. He has affected our eyes. So we think that the moon split, but it didn't actually split. Hmm? So anyway, these people also demanded a miracle. And it was shown. A huge she-camel that was fully pregnant and literally the baby could be seen moving inside. And it came out. Okay, It just walked out of the rocks. They saw it. Salih salam said, this is the she-camel of Allah as a miracle for you. You asked for it. Allah has sent it to you. Now you have no reason to disbelieve. You have no reason to turn away from Allah. فَذَرُوهَا So leave it. All of you leave this she-camel. Meaning, let her be. تَأْكُلْ It will eat fi ardillahi in the land of Allah. Meaning this land belongs to Allah. So this she-camel has the right to eat freely. Okay? Don't bother her. Let her be. Wala and do not tamasuha. You touch it from meme scene scene. Do not touch it in with some evil. Meaning, do not approach the she camel with the intention to harm it. Because if you do so, fayakhudakum, so it will seize you, adabun alim, a painful punishment. Now this shows that the people of Thamud, they did believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They already believed in Allah. And also after seeing this great miracle, they had no reason to refuse. right? They had no reason to reject. But with the she-camel, we see that they were being tested. That you are not allowed to slaughter this she-camel. You're supposed to let her be, let her eat and drink freely. But this camel was huge. And it would eat a lot, and it would drink a lot. And they didn't like that. In the Quran, Surah Al-Qamr, Ayah 27-28, we learn, إِنَّا مُرْسِلُ النَّاقَةِ فِتْنَةً لَهُمْ فَارْتَقِبْهُمْ وَاصْطَبِرْ وَنَبِّئْهُمْ أَنَّ الْمَاءَ قِسْمَةٌ بَيْنَهُمْ كُلُّ شِرْبٍ مُحْتَضَرٍ That indeed we are sending the she-camel as a trial for them. So watch them and be patient. And inform them that the water is shared between them. Each day of drink attended by turn. Meaning one day for the she-camel and the other day for their animals. Okay, But this she-camel, it would come and drink everything basically. A test. Do they listen to the Prophet or do they rebel? Right? Because if you cannot listen to the Prophet with regards to something that is physical right before you, then how can you listen to the Messenger? How can you obey him in matters that are intangible? Right? So what happened? 
Salih he reminded them that wadkuru and remember idja'alakum when he made you. When they didn't change their ways even after seeing the miracle, he advised them again that remember, recall the blessings of Allah when he made you khulafa successors min ba'di adin after the people of Ad. Allah made you live on this earth after the previous people were finished. After they were destroyed. Allah is letting you live today. Is this a blessing? Yes. That a person has been given time to live freely on this earth. He can eat, he can drink, he can enjoy himself, he can see, he can do so much. This is a huge blessing from Allah. Your life is a blessing. Your survival is a blessing, is a miracle, is a gift to you from Allah. Think about it. So many children, before even they are born, they die. Or right after they are born, they die. Or they die in infancy. They die when they're still two years old, three years old, four years old, five years old. But what happened? Allah caused you to live, allowed you to live. There may have been many factors that could have caused your death. But Allah let you live. Your life is a blessing. Who allowed you to live? Who gave you this life? And took that life away from someone else? Allah. So listen to Him for the very fact that you are living. For the very fact that He made you. For the very fact that you survived. Sometimes it happens that in a family, one child has a certain disorder, another child has a different disorder, and the one in the middle, perfectly fine and healthy. Parents tell their children, before you were born, we lost three, we lost two, we lost one. Allah created you. Allah allowed you to live. So your very existence is a blessing from Allah. So He reminded them that, وَذْكُرُوا إِذْ جَعْلَكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ مِنْ بَعْدِ عَادِ I mean, think about it. There's so many places in this earth today. So many places where people don't know if they're going to live until the evening. They don't know. I mean, think about what happened in Philippines. Think about what's happening in Syria. Think about what's happening in so many parts of the world. People don't know if they're going to live until the next hour even. And you, we, all of us are living here safe and secure. Safe and secure. So if we remain in sajda for an entire day, thanking Allah for the blessing of life and safety, even that would be less. So how can we not thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by worshipping Him, by remembering Him, by performing acts of obedience, to thank Him? How can we not do that? Worship is a result of what? Gratitude. And gratitude is a result of realizing the blessings that Allah has given you. You cannot worship Allah until you thank Him. And you cannot thank Him until you realize the blessings that He has given you. So He reminded them, وَذْكُرُوا إِذْ جَعْلَكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ مِنْ بَعْدِ وَبَوَّأَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ And He settled you in the land. بَوَّأَ يُبَوِّئُ بَوَّأُ هَمْزَ To Tabuya is to provide suitable accommodation to someone. Meaning to provide them a place to live which is suitable for them. They can live easily. Like for example, if a person is living on a very rocky mountain, how difficult it would be. Constantly going up and down, feet hurting, 
you know, so many scratches on the body, that's not suitable place to live. So remember this blessing that He has provided you a suitable accommodation in the earth. How suitable is it? How convenient is it? That tattakhiduna, you all make, you all take, min suhuliha from its plains. Suhul is a plural of sahl. What does sahl mean? Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. What does sahl mean? Ease. Right? Sahl is also used for plain ground. So plains, fields, open spaces. Okay? Why? Because it's very easy to walk on such land. It's very easy to have agriculture, to construct buildings. Right? It's very easy to live in such places. So he said that you make from its plains, meaning its smooth land, plains, what do you make over there? Qusura. Qusur is the plural of Qasr. And Qasr is a mansion, a castle. So in the plains, what do you make? Huge villas for yourselves. Huge mansions for yourselves. So you live happily, conveniently in those houses for some part of the year. وَالتَّنْحِتُونَ And at the same time, you carve. تَنْحِتُونَ is from نُونْ حَاتَى And نَحْت is to carve. But it's used for fine carving. So you're talking about the details, the design, the pattern. Okay? So you carve out الْجِبَالَ The mountains, plural of Jabal, بُيُوتًا into houses. بُيُوت plural of Bayt. So what they would do is that the mountains, the rocky mountains, they would dig out houses in them. Have you seen pictures? Hmm? Inshallah we can show them to you. That And it's amazing that these houses stand till today. That were dug out, that were carved out within mountains. And it's not just that there's a room, a big hollow, a big cave. No, there's like pathways that are made through the rocky mountains. And the doors and the patterns, the designs are so elaborate, they're so beautiful. So he reminded them that look, part of the year you spend in your castles which you have built on plains. And part of the year you spend in your houses that you've dug out, where? In rocky mountains. So it seems that in the summer they would go in their houses that were in the rocky mountains. Why? Because it would be cooler over there. And in the winter they would go in their houses which were on plains. Why? Because it would be warm over there. Because imagine rocks, how cold they would be. Right? And many people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them this luxury that they live in their houses comfortably and then whenever, sometime, they have the money, they can afford to go and live somewhere else and enjoy their time over there. Escape the winter. Hmm? They can escape the heat of the summer. Some people, Allah has blessed them so much that they have cottages. Hmm? They have a house in Canada and they have a house in Florida. Right? So they can spend half the year here and half the year there. So we come across very few people who are like this today. But the people of Samud, it seems like every one of them was blessed with this luxury. Every one of them was blessed in this luxury. So he reminded them of the blessing of Allah. فَذْكُرُوا أَلَىٰ Allah. He said, remember the blessings of Allah. Who gave this to you? Your Lord. So how could you turn away from Him? How could you not thank Him? 
وَلَا تَعْثَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُفْسِدِينَ وَلَا تَعْثَوْ And do not commit abuse. عَيْنْ سَا يَا عَيْنْ سَا وَاو Or عَيْنْ يَا سَا عُثُوْ عَيْث Is to commit mischief. To commit, to cause disorder. فِي الْأَرْضِ In the earth, مُفْسِدِينَ As corruptors. Meaning, do not commit abuse on the earth, spreading corruption. How would they be spreading corruption? With their sins. It seems that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made them skilled architects and engineers. They were bestowed with many skills. And you know that in order to carve, in order to carve out mountains, you don't just need a person. You need him to have a particular skill and you need him to have the tools as well, the strength as well. Labor, money, tools, everything they had. So he reminds them, don't do fasad on the earth with this wealth that Allah has given you. Don't disobey Allah. Rather obey Him. Because abuse, corruption, how is that spread? By disobeying Allah. By misusing His blessings. By wasting His blessings. قَالَ الْمَلَأ The elite, the leaders, they said, which leaders? الَّذِينَ اسْتَكْبَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ Those who were arrogant from His people. They said, لِلَّذِينَ To those who اُسْتُضْعِفُوا They were made weak. From ضَادْعِينْ فَا It seems as if there was a class system in that society. That there was a clear distinction between people who were more wealthy and people who were not that wealthy. Or certain people were regarded as more honorable, so they had more rights, more power, compared to others. So the arrogant ones, those who had more, they said to who? The weak ones. Those who had less. And who are those who were weak? Liman. آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ To those who had believed from amongst them. So it shows that those who were weak, the poor, the oppressed, were the ones who believed in the Prophet of Allah. Does that sound familiar? Yes, because at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, what happened? Who believed in him at the beginning? Who? The poor, the slaves, the weak ones. Right? Why? Why is it that the weak ones, the poor people, they were the first ones to believe in the prophets of Allah. Yes. Okay, it gives them hope. Right? It shows to them that in the sight of Allah, everyone's equal. Yes. Yes. They have very little to lose. Okay? The people who have more, I mean their entire business, their house, their entire life is based on what? Haram for example. They have to give up all of that. And they don't want to lose it. They don't want to change their lifestyle. Yes, that they have more humility. So when a person is humble, it's easy for him to accept something. And when a person has too much around him, too much with him, too much power, then it makes him kind of arrogant. This is why Allah says, استكبروا. It makes him kind of arrogant. He wants to believe that he's always right. And if someone dares to tell him, that you're wrong in this way, he doesn't want to accept it. So the rich ones, the arrogant ones, they said to who? Those who were oppressed, those who had believed from among them. They said, أَتَعْلَمُونَ Do you really know anna that indeed صَالِحٌ صَالِحٌ مُرْسَلٌ A messenger مِنْ رَبِّهِ from his Lord. They said, do you really know for sure that صَالِح is actually a messenger from Allah? How do you know? What if he's a liar? Why do you believe in him? How can you believe in him? This happens many times. 
that people, they try to cast doubts in the hearts of believers. How do you know that Muhammad ﷺ was actually a messenger? How could you know? You weren't there. And they never saw Angel Jibreel, the people. So what if he was lying this whole time? How could you believe in him? How could you believe in him? So if somebody puts this question before you, do you really know that Muhammad ﷺ was a prophet of Allah? What would you say? I think so. I guess. Perhaps. Maybe. What would you say? Because Allah told us, well, you know what Allah told you through him. So if somebody put this question before you, do you really know that Muhammad ﷺ was a prophet? What would you say? Okay. Because of the blessings of the Qur'an. Come on. What if your professor says that to you? Yes? Because of the miracles that he performed? Okay, good. Because there are proofs and evidences of his truthfulness. What else? Okay. It's my belief. So you say, oh, so you have blind faith. I'm asking you this because just wait till you go to university. Just wait till you go to work. And then you have a discussion with someone about your faith, about your Islam. And they put one question to you, you're like, oh, I don't know the answer. Maybe they're right. Hmm? Yes. Okay. The Qur'an is a miracle. And he brought the Qur'an, so he was not a liar. You know what a simple answer is? Tell us about just one person. One person who was like the Prophet ﷺ, who in such a short span of time, despite the great opposition that he faced for many, many years, he changed the course of humanity. You won't find any person in history like that. This is why there are people who don't believe in him, yet, what do they say? That he is the most successful man. How could he become successful just like that? He couldn't have. If he was an ordinary human being, he couldn't have. And then the things that he taught, the message that he brought, that itself speaks of what? His truthfulness. What he brought is the Qur'an. Produce one ayah like that. Find one contradiction in the Qur'an. One you know, lie in the book of Allah. No, you will not find it. The Qur'an itself is a miracle. So when this is a miracle, its bringer was also true. The one who brought that was also true. He was not a liar. So the people, they tried to cast doubts about the Prophet of Allah in the hearts of those who believed in him. They said, how do you know? Do you really know? أَنَّ صَالِحًا مُرْسَلٌ مِّن رَبِّهِ What if he's not? قَالُوا they said, إِنَّا indeed we bima with that which أُرْسِلَ he was sent بِهِ with it مُؤْمِنُونَ believers Meaning, they responded that we believe in everything that he has brought. We don't doubt him at all. Just like Abu Bakr anhu, When the mushrikeen came to him and they said, So your friend says he went up to the skies and back in the night. Now what do you have to say? He said, of course I believe in that. If he said it, I believe in that. Because I believe that messages come to him from the skies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends messages to him. So if I can believe in that, then I can believe in anything that he says. 
They said, Inna bima ursila bihi mu'minun. We are believers in whatever that he has been sent with. Qala, he said, Alladina stakbaru, those who were arrogant. Inna indeed we billadi with that which amantum bihi. You believe in kafirun, disbelievers. They said, Okay, you believe in all that he has brought? We disbelieve in all that he has brought. Imagine if someone says something like that to you. Wouldn't you be shaken? Wouldn't you have doubts? But look at the strong belief of these people that no, whatever Salih has said, we believe in that. Even if the entire world opposes us, no, we believe in that with all conviction. And those who are arrogant, they didn't just stop there. They saw the miracle of the she-camel. They realized the logic of what Salih was presenting to them. Yet they didn't accept. And what did they do? فَعَقَرُوا So they cut the tendon. Of what? Of annaqa Of the she-camel. عَقَرُوا from عَيْن قَافْرَ عَقَرَ is basically to cut the tendons of the knee, of the leg, of the feet. And this basically marks the beginning of slaughtering a camel. Because a camel is a huge animal, right? And you can't possibly hold it down on the ground and pass a knife over its neck. If you try to do that, you'll die before he dies. Hmm? Because a camel bites really bad and kicks really bad. Really. A camel can easily kill a person. right? So if you try to slaughter a camel while it's standing and you just try to put it down, uh-uh, not going to work. So what they do is, they use many ways to first cripple the camel. Because when it's crippled, when it's going to fall, then you can easily slaughter it. Okay? So for instance, sometimes what they do is that they hold the camel, you know, with multiple ropes, and then they just quickly come with a knife and they cut the jugular vein immediately. So what happens is the camel is standing, imagine, and it's like as though a tap has been opened up and the blood just like pours out. It just pours out. Hmm? And the people standing nearby, they'd be like drenched in blood. Okay, So then what happens is the camel, it falls to the ground then. Okay, Sometimes what they do is that they tie the feet of the camel. Okay, The back one. So that it's standing on three feet then. So what happens is that it's not able to move easily. So it's easy to control it. It's easy to slaughter it. So anyway, They cut the the tendon, the back knee's muscle. So what happened? The camel crippled. It was crippled, it fell, and they slaughtered it. وَعَتَوْ And they... What does عَتَوْ mean? They were insolent. What do you have? They were insolent. عَتَوْ عَيْن تَالْ وَاو عَتَوْ is basically to not care about the limits that have been set and just do whatever you want. So it is to arrogantly, very boldly and confidently cross the limits, exceed the limits. They were warned, this is Allah's camel, naqatullah. This is not an ordinary camel. You better not touch it. You better not harm it. But what did they do? They didn't care. They're like, whatever. And they went and slaughtered the she-camel. عَتَوْعَنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّهِمْ From the command of their Lord. وَقَالُوا And they said, يَا صَالِحْ أو صَالِحْ اِئْتِنَا Come to us, bima, with that which ta'iduna, you threaten us. They said, fine, Salih, bring us a punishment that you threaten us with. In kunta min al-mursaleen, if you really are the messengers. Look at this. 
First, a crime is committed, and then look at their boldness over it. They're not even apologizing. They're not even afraid. They're saying, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to bring a punishment? Go ahead, bring it. So Salih alayhi salam, we learned from the Qur'an that he warned them that you have three days. If you want to repent, you can repent. If you want to change your ways, you can do that. But if you don't, at the end of three days, you'll be punished. So what happened? After three days, فَأَخَذَتْهُمُ الرَّجْفَةِ So the earthquake, it seized them. رَجْفَةِ رَجِيمْفَةِ رَجْفَةِ is severe earthquake, violent tremor, a very violent earthquake. You're talking about an earthquake that doesn't just last a few seconds, but for a very long time. If you ever see videos of earthquakes, like you see how people in, you know, like for example, a grocery store, how the shelves are just rocking back and forth, back and forth, things are falling. And that's happening so slowly. Imagine if literally the place is shaken up violently. Violently. فَأَخَذَتْمُ الرَّجْفَةِ A violent earthquake. فَأَصْبَحُوا So they became فِيدَارِهِمْ In their homes, جَاثِمِينَ Fallen prone. Jathimin is a plural of jathim. From jim, tha, meem. And juthum is when a bird rests on its chest. Okay? So it's sitting on the ground and it's resting on its chest. And when it's used for a person, it means when a person is lying on their stomach. So fallen on their face. Or sitting on their knees, kneeling on their knees. So they became in their homes, jathimin, fallen. As if it shows that they were trying to run, they were trying to escape, but they fell before they could escape. Something came on them before they could get away, before they could save themselves. فَأَخَذَتْمُ الرَّجْفَةِ فَأَصْبَحُوا فِي دَارِهِمْ جَاثِمِينَ فَتَوَلَّا عَنْهُمْ So he turned away from them. Who? Salih alayhi Meaning he left them. Obviously dead bodies lying in houses. What could he do? He turned away from them. وَقَالَ And he said, يَا قَوْمُ O my people, لَقَدْ certainly أَبْلَغْتُكُمْ I conveyed to you رِسَالَةَ messages, رَبِّي of my Lord. I conveyed to you the message of my Lord. I warned you, I told you not to touch the she-camel, not to harm it. I told you to worship only Allah. وَنَصَحْتُ And I wished well لَكُمْ to you. I wanted the best for you. This is why I advised you. I warned you clearly. It's like you warned someone, you're cooking, make sure that you hold the knife properly. It's sharp. Make sure that you are careful about the fire because it can burn. But if they don't follow the rules and they end up cutting themselves, they end up getting burnt, then what do you say? I feel sorry for you? What do you say? Too bad. I told you. I advised you. It's your fault. You didn't listen. وَنَصَحْتُ لَكُمْ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُحِبُّونَ النَّاصِحِينَ You don't like the people who advise you. You don't like the people who warn you. You don't like the people who wish well, who want the best for you. And we should ask ourselves here too. People who want good for us, do we like them? Or do we just want to get rid of them? We don't want to see their face. We don't want to take their phone calls. We don't want them talking to us. These people also, they did not like the nasihin. So what happened? Look at their end. They lay dead in their homes. One earthquake and they were done with. One earthquake and they were finished. Look at the wealth they had. Look at the guts they had. The confidence. 
Look at how bold they were. But what happened at the end? Nothing availed them. Nothing at all. So if someone advises us, makes us realize our mistake, tells us about what we need to improve, then let's take advantage of that and let's respond positively. وَلُوطًا and لُوطُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ إِذْ قَالَ When he said, لِقَوْمِهِ to his people. Now much after Salih came, Ibrahim And Ibrahim when he preached to his people, who believed in him? Only two individuals. His cousin Sarah, whom he married, she became his wife. And secondly, his nephew Lut So when Ibrahim migrated, he left his people because they tried to burn him and they basically told him, just get away from us because we can't finish you. The father said, you go away, otherwise I'm going to stone you to death. So eventually what happened? Ibrahim he left the people. He migrated from there. And when he left, two people came with him, Sarah and Lut. Ibrahim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to various places to do da'wah. So he was constantly on the go. Right? But Lut Ibrahim sent him, obviously at Allah's commands, where? To the city of Suddum or Sodom, you can say. And this wasn't just one city, this wasn't just one town, it was rather surrounded by multiple towns. It is said that there were at least five townships over there. Okay, Like for example, GTA is not just Toronto, but there are many other cities that are around it. So Lut was sent as a messenger to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. What does this teach us? That Lut was not originally from there. So who was he? Who was he over there? An immigrant. So it shows to us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent all kinds of messengers. Messengers who were originally from a particular place, from a tribe, and messengers who were sent to them. But what we see common in both of them is that the messenger lived amongst the people. Whether he was originally from them or he came to them, he lived amongst the people. Because when a messenger is amongst the people, only then he can preach to them. So Lut he didn't just visit and go back. No, he migrated there and he settled there. He lived there. And imagine how hard it must have been for him to live within such people. Because look at what he said to them. إِذْ قَالَ لِقَوْمِهِ أَتَأْتُونَ Do you all come? الفاحشة, the indecency, meaning do you all commit the indecency? What is fahisha? Fahisha is an indecent, shameful, detestable act. Meaning, it's not polite, it's indecent, it's shameful, it's embarrassing to even talk about it. And it is hateful, it's disgusting. This is what fahisha literally means. This is why fahisha is used for marrying the wife of your father. So if a man marries his stepmother, this was something that happened. Okay? So this is called what? Fahisha. I mean, how could you even think about it? How could you even do that? How could you? Fahisha. Zina. A physical, sexual relationship between a man and woman who are not married. This is disgusting, detestable. This is a shameful act. And over here, what was the fahisha that the people of Lut committed? Homosexuality. He calls it fahisha. He said, do you all commit fahisha? Such fahisha that ma not sabaqakum. He preceded you. Sabaqa, seen baqaf, 
to happen before. Meaning, no one ever did this action before you. Min ahadin from anyone, min al-alamin from the worlds. Meaning, from the people of the worlds, no one ever committed this act before you. You are the first ones to do it. And how did they do it? Publicly. We think homosexuality is common today. Imagine this entire nation, almost every single man was involved in such a relationship. You know, people say that, oh, the world has become so evil, it has become so bad. It's not as bad as it was at that time. Really. Because imagine the entire society, all the people are committing this act. He said, you commit fahisha ma sabaqakum biha min ahadun min al-alamin. No one has ever done this before you. What does this teach us? That no one has ever done this before you. It happened the first time. Because sometimes people say this a lot, that if someone has these urges, then it's genetic. right? If someone has this urge, then they are born with that. Hmm? Now remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in us the urge to do good and also the urge to do bad. Okay? Because we have the potential to do good and the potential to do bad. So just because you have the potential to do bad, it doesn't mean you blame Allah. It doesn't mean that you say, I'm born like that, so it's okay for me to do it. No. What is it? That you have to control yourself there. Think about it. For a person, it could be a natural desire to commit zina. Isn't it? For a man or for a woman, it could be a natural desire. It's an urge. Okay? And they want to commit zina. But just because they're having that urge... Does it mean it's okay for them to do it? No, it's not. So just like that, if a person has such feelings, such urges, it doesn't mean that it's okay for them to do it, according to the religion of Allah. This is just like a person wants to commit theft. Doesn't mean they should be allowed to commit theft? Because they want to? Would you say, it's okay, let them take it. They desperately want that phone, and they cannot afford it. What's the big deal if they steal it? Would you ever say that? Would we ever accept it? No, we wouldn't. So just like that, homosexuality, it could be a strong urge for a person, but that doesn't mean it's okay. You have to control yourself. Right? So, Lut he said to his people, how are you doing this? Why are you doing this? He said, innakum indeed you lata'tuna, surely you approach ar-rijala the men, plural of rajul. How? Shahwatan. With desire, with passion. Shahwa, sheen, ha, wa. Shahwa is a natural, like you can say a physical desire. So for example, the desire to eat, the desire to sleep, the desire to drink something, the desire to have sexual relations. So he said, you go to men to fulfill your desire, min duni nisa, instead of women. Meaning, you don't go to women to fulfill your sexual desire, but you go to men to fulfill that desire. بَلْ rather أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ A people مُسْرِفُونَ Extravagant, transgressing. مُسْرِفُونَ Plural of مُسْرِف. Who is مُسْرِف? One who crosses the limit. So you are crossing the limit of halal and you are entering haram. Because remember that the desire is there and Allah has allowed a person to fulfill that desire 
within a limit, in a particular way. But if he goes beyond that, then he is committing haram. Like for example, Allah has allowed for a man and woman to have sexual relations. However, it has to be within the bounds of nikah. But if they have it outside of the bounds of nikah, then that is what? Israf. So just like that, if a man fulfills his desire with another man, then that would be Israf. In Surah Al-Ankabut, Ayah 29, we learn, Lut said to his people, أَإِنَّكُمْ لَتَأْتُونَ الرِّجَالَ وَتَقْطَعُونَ السَّبِيلِ وَتَأْتُونَ فِي نَادِيكُمُ الْمُنْكَرِ That you commit in your meetings evil. And the ulama have said that they would commit this act in gatherings. Meaning, it wasn't just a private matter between two men. No. This was something that was done publicly in gatherings. In gatherings. And we see that such gatherings may happen today as well. May happen today as well. They may happen in behind closed doors, in buildings which are dark and full of music, and they may have no windows. It's possible. But we see that it was more common at that time. We think people have become more open-minded today. And they've progressed more. No, this happened thousands of years ago. وَمَا and not كَانَ it was جَوَابَ response قَوْمِهِ of his people إِلَّا except on that قَالُوا they said أَخْرِجُوهُمْ expel them مِنْ قَرِيَتِكُمْ from your town the only response of the nation was what? expel Lut and his family from this town we don't want him here he's an immigrant anyway إِنَّهُمْ indeed they أُنَاسٌ are people يَتَطَهَّرُونَ who keep themselves clean and pure, they're mocking at them. They're mocking at Lut and his family. That they are very clean people and we are dirty so they don't want us. So they should just leave. Expel them from here. Now what we find amazing over here is that Lut he is telling them what? That they should believe in the angels? That they should believe there will be a day of judgment? In addition to the message of Tawheed, what is he telling them? To reform their actions as well. To reform their relationships as well. So what does it show? That Iman, faith, is not just about what you believe in your heart. Or what you say what you believe in. It demands certain actions from you. It demands from you that you leave certain actions. It demands from you certain statements. And it demands that you leave certain statements. Iman is what? The belief in heart, what you feel in your heart, what you say with your mouth, what you do with your bodies. Iman dictates your entire life. It teaches you, it tells you what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. This is what faith is. So Lut is not just fixing their aqidah, he's fixing their amal as well. Because these kind of relationships are not acceptable. So the people they said about Lut he's very pious, very clean, drive him out, expel him. He should go away from here. You see that one prophet, he is told, you're crazy. You're stupid. Another prophet is told, you are in clear error. Another prophet is told, go away from here. You're very clean, very pious. And many times this will happen with you as well. That you try to tell something correct in a very polite manner. 
And they say, mind your own business please. You don't need to interfere. You don't need to tell me about how I should live and how I should dress up and how I should go and how I should walk and how I should talk. And if you don't like the way I do things, then you can go away. They can be very rude to you sometimes. So what happened? So we saved him. The one who remains firm on the truth, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps him. So we saved him. وَأَهْلَهُ And his family. Because it was only the family of Lut who believed in him. Not even one person from his nation believed in him. Can you imagine? This is why on the Day of Judgment some prophets will come with the people who believed in them. And how many people will be with them? One. Two. Three. Four. And the Prophet ﷺ, his ummah will be huge. With the blessing of Allah. So, not even one person believed in Lut So, فَأَنْجَيْنَاهُ وَأَهْلَهُ Only his family. And from his family also, إِلَّا except Imra'ata, his wife. His wife was not saved. His wife was not saved. Why? Because she committed homosexuality herself? No. No, she didn't. So what was it? Why was she punished along with the people? Because she supported them. She supported the people. She didn't find any problem with their lifestyle. She said they were fine. There was nothing wrong with them. She supported them basically. She sympathized with them. Her sympathies were with them. Which is why when the angels came, we learn about this from other places in the Qur'an, when the angels came to bring the punishment on the people of Lut they came in the form of handsome men. And they were in the house of Lut And his wife went and told the people, you know there are beautiful men inside my house, handsome men, you want to go do something, go ahead. Because you see in their gatherings they committed munkar, right? And there are gatherings in which men are raped by other men. They're forced into such relationships, raped by other men. So she went and told the people, there are men in my house, visitors, you want to go have fun? She was loyal to her people. She didn't commit the haram herself, but she supported the haram. So what happened? She was punished along with them. كَانَتْ مِنَ الْغَابِرِينَ She was from among those who remained. Meaning remained behind with those who were punished. She left with Lut and his family. But what happened? She looked back out of pity for her people. And what happened? The punishment that was falling upon them, it came and fell on her as well. What was that punishment? By the way, غَابِرِين is from غَيْن بَارَى and Ghabir is one who remains behind while his companions move forward. So what was the punishment? وَأَمْطَرْنَا And we rained. Meaning we sent a rain. عَلَيْهِمْ on them مَطَرَ A rain. We rained upon them. A rain. What does that show? That this rain was not a normal rain. It wasn't a normal rain. Normal rain, what does it bring? Water. Okay, it will bring ice maybe. It will bring snow maybe. Eventually, that's somehow beneficial. Even if it caused temporary destruction in the long run, there's water that has come down from the sky. What was this rain? In Surah Hud, Ayah 82, 83, we learn, And rained on them stones of baked clay. Stones of clay. In a well-arranged manner, one after another, marked from your Lord. Allah says, so look, كَيْفَ how كَانَ it was عَاقِبَةُ Consequence, the end result المجرمين of the criminals 
Look at the end of the criminals. Who are the criminals? Those who commit a crime themselves and those who support it. Those who say it's okay. Those who don't find any fault in it. So it's so important for us to know what is it that Allah approves of and what is it that He doesn't approve of. And what Allah doesn't approve of, stay away from it and make sure you dislike it from your heart. Make sure you don't approve of it in your heart. You understand that people have challenges. They are going through difficulties. And you help them. If someone is doing something wrong, it doesn't mean that we pass a very you know, judgmental statement about them. They're going to hellfire. No. A believer should always have nusr for others. You should always wish the best for other people. But it doesn't mean that out of well-wishing you say, what you're doing is okay. No. Well-wishing means that what you're doing is wrong. I understand your struggle. Let me try and help you to fix this problem. Because we find extremes in the Muslims. Either there are Muslims who say, homosexuality is perfectly fine, it's okay, no problem, support such people. Or there's the other extreme which say, haram, going to hellfire, kafir, these people are lutis, they're going to hellfire. You know, they say everything. Very judgmental. So what happened? People get threatened and they don't want to know anything. There has to be moderation. Recognize the wrong. Have nus for the person who's struggling with that bad habit. Pray for them. Help them get out of it. Which is why it's amazing. But there are actually Muslim support groups that help Muslims come out of such relationships. Yes. You make it clear to them that look, what you're doing is wrong. Okay? What you're doing is wrong. However, it doesn't mean that I am never going to talk to you and I'm never going to advise you. I want the best for you. This is why I will try my best to help you get out of this relationship somehow or the other. So the first step is to make the person realize what they're doing is wrong. And you cannot make them realize what they're doing is wrong if you show to them that you hate them. Because if you show to them that you hate them, they're not going to want to listen to you at all. Nusr has to be there. See, Lut he's living amongst homosexuals. He's living amongst gay people. He's watching this day and night. How difficult it must have been for him. But how can you tell people if you don't go to them? If they don't see you as a trustworthy, honest, reliable person who wants good for them. Once they trust you, then they will open up with you. When they'll open up with you, then you can teach them. Always have this feeling, I want to help this person, not that I want to doom them to hellfire. You want to help others. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? Help your brother when he is the oppressor and the oppressed. How do you help the oppressor? By stopping him from his wrong action. Recitation. وَإِلَى ثَمُودَ أَخَاهُمْ صَالِحًا قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَهٍ غَيْرُهُ قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ بَيِّنَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ هَذِهِ نَاقَةُ اللَّهِ لَكُمْ آيَةٌ 
فَذَرُوهَا تَأْكُلْ فِي أَرْضِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَمَسُّوهَا بِسُوءٍ وَلَا تَمَسُّوهَا بِسُوءٍ فَيَأْخُذَكُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ وَاذْكُرُوا جَعَلَكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ مِنْ بَعْدِ عَادٍ وَبَوَّأَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَبَوَّأَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ تَتَّخِذُونَ مِنْ سُهُولِهَا قُصُورًا وَتَنْحِتُونَ الْجِبَالَ بُيُوتًا فَذْكُرُوا آلَاءَ اللَّهِ وَلَا تَعْثَوْا فِي الْأَرْضِ مُفْسِدِينَ قَالَ الْمَلَأُ الَّذِينَ اسْتَكْبَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ لِلَّذِينَ اسْتُضْعِفُوا لِمَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ أَتَعْلَمُونَ أَتَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّ صَالِحًا مُرْسَلٌ مِّن رَّبِّهِ قَالُوا إِنَّا بِمَا أُرْسِلَ بِهِ مُؤْمِنُونَ قَالَ الَّذِينَ اسْتَكْبَرُوا إِنَّا بِالَّذِي كافرون فعقروا الناقة وعتوا عن أمر ربهم وقالوا يا صالح ائتنا بما تعدنا وقالوا يا صالح ائتنا بما تعدنا إن كنت من المرسلين فأخذتهم الرجفة فأصبحوا في دارهم جاثمين فتولى عنهم وقال يا قوم لقد أبلغتكم رسالة ربي ونصحت لكم ونصحت لكم ولكن لا تحبون الناصحين وَلُوطًا إِذْ قَالَ لِقَوْمِهِ أَتَأْتُونَ الْفَاحِشَةَ مَا سَبَقَكُمْ بِهَا مِنْ أَحَدٍ مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ إِنَّكُمْ لَتَأْتُونَ الرِّجَالَ شَهْوَةً مِنْ دُونِ النِّسَاءِ بل أنتم قوم مسرفون وما كان جواب قومه إلا أن قالوا إلا أن قالوا أخرجوهم من قريتكم إنهم أناس يتطهرون فأنجيناه وأهله إلا امرأته كانت من الغابرين 